Hi, my name is Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I am excited to share my podcast, which features wonderful talent that I've been so lucky to discover in the Southeast. This was born out of a list that I created in 2015 called Sarah's List. And through my work in real estate, which I've been doing since 2005, and styling work, and just my personal life and my personal interests, I've been able to meet so many wonderful people, and I'm excited to share them with you. Uh, Amber is one of my most special friends in Atlanta. She married my husband and me. I met her at a big crossroads time in my life doing landmark education. And she's truly been an inspiration to me. She and her husband, Andrew, I love them both. And, you know, I made a vow to myself when I got divorced that I'm going to be around couples that are happy and that are doing life the way I want to do it, because that will give me hope for the institution that I had lost open. But anyway, um, I love you dearly and your coffee is amazing. We also had some technical difficulties, so we moved spaces and we are finishing the interview in Amber's house and it's always lovely to be here. So, you know, you're one of my favorite people, like for real, for real. Like how we met, you know, is always, you know, marked on my heart. But I want to go back and how we met and just talk about your journey because when I was reading over everything again last night, you know, I was thinking, you know, when we have children mm-hmm. and, you know, they're, they're like, what do I want to be? And then you read somebody's life and how they get there and how the journey evolves and that they shouldn't break out. Right. <laughs> so you might eventually land there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just think we all kind of, it, life is funny how it is, but I was... I thought that we had some interesting connections. You were born in Virginia, which I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I was born in Manassas, right outside of D.C. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So me being from that part of the world, too. Yeah. But you left, and I didn't know that you had lived in India and Sri Lanka. I actually even had, embarrassingly enough, to look up Sri Lanka because I was talking to Caroline, and we're like, India, but no, it's an island. So why... Yeah. why well, I can't I believe that. I've never shared that with you. No. As long as we've been friends. Oh I know. my gosh. Still so much to discover, huh? Um, so my parents, my dad was a social worker. My mom was a teacher. And when I was 11, they they really got into, they were into yoga and they were into meditation way before their time. Mm-hmm. This is like 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they decided they wanted to, to have a meditation retreat in Sri Lanka. So we went to India and we lived um, in ashrams, like different places around India. And then we moved to Sri Lanka where my dad was going to start a meditation center. And so we lived there for a little while. And then it just, I don't know. I mean, gosh, I was 11, 12, 13. So uh, it was almost like um, we got a little homesick and also the partnership that my dad had kind of fell through. Um, And so it ended up not being the path for us which I'm super glad I had that experience. We right. lived in the jungle. We had, you know, I'd walk over iguanas each day to, you know, go go to school. You know, it was just an amazing experience. Of course, at the time, I was a young, you know, preteen and teenager, and I was like, this is terrible. Totally get it. Totally get it. But I look at it now, and I'm like, my parents gave such a gift. I'm so glad I had that experience of just getting to know other cultures mm-hmm. and other people and see different 
you know, different ways of living. We At one point we were living in a jungle and there was no running water, um, you know, no electricity. I mean, it was really just a very different experience than what I had in America. Yeah, I get it. I mean, growing up in East Berlin, I mean, I was a diplomat's child, so it was like very yeah. uh, fancy and things that we had a cook, a maid, and a driver, but it was East Berlin and being yeah. behind the wall and going across the wall every day. And, you know, at that age, you want like everything American, Yeah, you know, and here you are in this place that's really different. But like you, I feel like that um, was a gift. You know, and, and it, you know, I think having that, it makes a lot of sense knowing you now too. Like you are that little like hippie <laughs> yeah. a little bit, you know? And, um, so it makes sense that you had that experience. And one of the things that I really admired about you when I met you in 2011, you were no longer working for Tony Robbins, but you had had worked for mm-hmm. Tony Robbins. And I was really on this journey of learning about all this personal growth. And, and you know, I was even talking about a previous interview recently this morning that I'm just like you. I like to do this stuff. Like, it's entertainment oh, yeah. for me. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just pleasure. It's such pleasure. And it's so outside of the mundane yeah. to do a deep dive into yourself and and mm-hmm. and have these experiences. And you and I did... A lot of personal work together and you were really nice to include me on all those things and I know that you met Andrew your husband who started purity coffee yeah. at at um, Tony Robbins yeah and um, I have to say that um, your relationship I mean obviously I'm on the outside it's not all Instagram I'm sure it's not perfect <laughs> all the time but I really do admire your dedication to your relationship and also just how you both are like-minded mm-hmm. in wanting to grow Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, don't you feel like that's really, like, such a blessing that you were able to attract that? Yeah, yeah. I, it's our number one, number one, number one value is growth, growth and learning. Because inside that, you can have everything else. I mean, absolutely. And Andrew's really cool. I mean, you know him. Yeah, he's, he's just, super cool. He's um, He has that that desire to grow and to learn and and very much an adventure spirit very inquisitive and curious about what's next and so I like that I like that cutting edge part of him and our relationship well and weaving to the coffee and sacred cups I know that sacred cups for you is very much about ceremony mm-hmm. but I do remember prior to you taking on this venture you said that you and Andrew had morning huddles and yeah. do you still do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And tell me about that because I'm curious about that. Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, and you know a little bit of the history because Andrew was on your podcast mm-hmm. about um, how coffee came into our lives. It, we used to argue about it because he's a British tea drinker or was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, um, and then you know, he wanted me to give up coffee. And I said, listen try to take away my coffee you know I was that was just not gonna happen and so he started researching is coffee really bad for you really to win an argument and um, and then he discovered that it actually is really really good for the body so those first we first started having huddles in the early days of purity um, and but I would, thought you had them prior to purity too. Um, no, I mean we always had some. I mean we we had times like that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But but it really became a daily absolute ritual that we wouldn't even if we were out of town we would call each other for our huddle. Mm-hmm. And we're like, have you got your coffee? I've got my coffee. Let's go. 
And, um, and are your conversations purely intentional? Like we're going to talk about this today or is it more of a check-in? Yeah. Um, well with purity coffee in the, in the beginning, we would talk about coffee, you know, and everything we were learning about coffee. And we'd also talk about the daily. We talk about Leela, our girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we would talk about anything that's happening inside the business, inside the home. So it's kind of whatever is, is present for us mm-hmm. in that moment. And those were called our purity huddles. Um, and I love those, you know, and that's kind of where the business, um, you know, was born and it, and, you know, it grew every day. We were talking about what we were finding out and learning from science. Uh, and then, and then the sacred cup huddle is, is, is also really beautiful. And now we kind of, we might do a little bit of a purity huddle and, and then we finish off with a sacred cups huddle, depending on how much time we have, mm-hmm. but it is a real blend of, um, of the masculine and the feminine, which is kind of cool. And you know, Andrew is very masculine. Well, yeah, and this is actually bridging (laughs) me into um, an interesting sort of thought because masculine energy is very do, you know, do oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, my husband, Jim, as you know, you married us, he's very like, check the box. Right. And, uh, you know, how do you, how did you, get your husband who's a check the boxer too to take joy in the ceremony but not only take joy but the importance of ceremony or the importance of reflection or slowing down like I'd love for you to share that love coach side of you as well because I think it's really important and it is around the ceremony yeah yeah absolutely well we always joked early on you know, as soon as Andrew would start, we would be talking about coffee once he was actually drinking coffee. Um, we, you know, he would talk about the science and he would talk about, you know, um, really very grounded kind of coffee is good for you because it's the number one antioxidant in the American diet. And he was coming at this way. And then I would say, oh my God, the, the coffee, coffee is so good. I think magic happens over coffee. You know, love happens over coffee. You sit down and you have coffee with someone. So he would be talking facts and science and percentages. And then I'd be like, oh my God, can we just talk about how amazing coffee is and what it provides for us and on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. So even before Sacred Cups birth, we were joking about, okay, if you were a coffee, you would be purity coffee. And if I were a coffee, I would be sacred cups coffee. Mm-hmm. So how do you bring in the feminine and the masculine? You know, Andrew's very facts oriented. My husband's very facts. And, you know, it's it's interesting because if you're a facts person, you can very easily discount the, the feminine side of things. And the feminine can also discount the facts side because it's very like, well, but that's not the point of life, you know? And how do you... Mm-hmm. How did you how did you incorporate that in your relationship? Because obviously it's part of the evolution of your coffee company, mm-hmm. your mindset, reading over everything that you are, everything that you've done in your life is so relational. Mm-hmm. How do you how how have you partnered with your husband owning company together, but also in your marriage of bringing the value of both sides together? It's yeah. a great question. Um, there's some education there for sure. You know, I, I taught Andrew about ritual and, 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 you know, ritual is very, very important to human beings. I mean, from, from the beginning of time, you know, it's something that we crave. It's something that, that we need in our lives. And there are different ways to, 
to, I mean, you know, for instance, there are rites of passage that we have. We have, you know, getting married is a rite of passage. You know, having a baby is a rite of passage. Um, graduation, even birthdays. There, there are moments in life that are really, really important that mark, you know, something happens and life is one way and then it's going to be something totally different, right? Mm -hmm. So what I sh started sharing with him is, is how important it is that we look at being intentional about these moments. And I mean, he jokes about how many anniversaries we have. I, mean, I know we you talked know about one. He missed one <laughs> once or something, and I was like, "Tell you know, my husband's somebody that would never miss those kind of things. He's a high holiday person, but then like I'm like, but it's the connection too. Like you know, so it's yeah. interesting. Like yeah. if you hold a lot of value okay. to those things. Oh, we have several. We have three wedding anniversaries because we've gotten married multiple times. Because <laughs> I love ceremony and weddings and him. Um, and so I just, I, I just, I would have for me, what was important with Andrew is to link the importance of ritual and how it helps us as humans. Mm. And because what ritual does for us is it, is it has us be aware of what's happening. It has us honor what's happening and it has us be very intentional about what is occurring in our life for ourselves or for someone else. Every time you celebrate a moment, every time we celebrate our date anniversary, mm -hmm. we celebrate our first date. Mm -hmm. um, we go back to that moment, you know, and we honor it and we remember, mm -hmm. and and it it strengthens um, our relationship. It strengthens our past, and then it has us looking towards the future. There, there, there are 164 million Americans that had a coffee this morning, and so what we're looking at doing with Sacred Cups is having. Um, teaching people to be really intentional about that beginning part of the day. And uh, for me, I spent a lot of time in Italy and and the coffee culture there is really beautiful. Um, spent a lot of time with little old ladies and little old men asking them about coffee. And one thing that um, was shared with me was that, you know, well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I, I went down to the little coffee shop. We were living in Florence at the time for a brief period. And I went downstairs and, and I would do my work. I'd check my emails every day and I'd have my coffee. And one day I needed to go. And so I asked for a to-go cup. And the little man behind, behind the counter was like, you know, I'd see him every day. So he had this sweet little, you know, connection. And he was like, oh, Bella, Bella, Bella. We do not take coffee to go. <laughs> and then he gave me this whole lecture about, he said, when we see a man walking with his coffee, we think what has happened so badly in his day that he could not sit with his coffee. Mm. And, and, and so I always remembered that. And that is, um, I think about that little man all the time. And that is really, you know, part of what we're doing with Sacred Cups is, is taking that moment in the Western world, we, so many people are just getting caffeine into their system, mm -hmm. right? Um, so this is about taking that moment with your coffee. And, um, and I actually look at the past, the present, and the future. And we look at, you know, for me, um, I look at what I'm grateful for in the past. I look at, you know, it's all about the journey that, that I've, that I've been on. And, and so for you this morning, I was like, okay, what am I really grateful in my journey? Like, what am I grateful for? And of course I knew I was seeing you. So 
I started thinking about you and I remembered the first time I saw you, you know, we were doing that seminar, we were there and I just remember thinking, oh my God, she's so cool and she's beautiful and she's dressed so well. And then you got up and you were so vulnerable. And so I just sat with my coffee and sat with that moment and I gave gratitude and grace to that. Then um, I started thinking about your wedding and you and Jen. And I started thinking about the kids and your sister. And, uh, and so I was just really touched and I was giving grace and gratitude to, to that part of my life's journey, you know, where, where our live paths kind of crossed mm -hmm. and, and, and I was really grateful for you. Mm -hmm. I was also grateful for my uncle Joe and that little Italian man. Mm -hmm. They're part of my journey. Mm -hmm. And anytime I'm talking about coffee, I talk about both of them. Um, so I gave a moment of gratitude to them, you know, one thing that I've learned from the indigenous people that I've, I've been um, training with and being with in the last decade is, is they're always thinking seven generations back and seven generations to the future. So that first part of the Sacred Cups blessing, I always thank my own personal journey where I've come from, but then I give a second to say thanks for my ancestors, mm. the ones that I met and know, you know, that are that have passed on, that are living in the stars now, mm -hmm. and also the ones that I never knew, right? Mm -hmm. But their journey was a part of my journey. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, right? So that's the first part of the Sacred Cups. And as you can tell, mine could be really long. <laughs> I have a lot of people I want to thank, yeah. and I'll be thanking the ancestors and my Sarah and, you know, whoever else is going to show up in that day. Um, Andrews is, thank you for the past. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally... Yeah, can be that, that to but, the point, but it's also still as meaningful, you know, for him because the 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 point is to be intentional in in honoring where we've come and where we've been and people that have helped us along the way. The second part of the Sacred Cups blessing is what I'm loving right now. So um, you've heard. I know you love Imago, like I love Imago. Yeah, so I didn't realize that you had done Imago training, too. Oh, I knew yeah. that you had seen Bob Patterson, and Jim and I have seen yeah. Bob Patterson, and, you know, all the 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 things that they talk about, you know, is there more, asking those questions, <laughs> yeah. and Jim and I had a big disagreement last week, and, like, we're really obnoxious to each other, and I was like, do you think we should do the Imago thing? But then we couldn't really remember how to do it, but we, we got to the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of the, yeah. sort of the appreciation yes. piece of, for each yeah. other. Yeah, I love Imago. It's my favorite mm -hmm. therapy. Oh, it's so good. But the, they use scent and stems, you know. Is there more? Is a scent and stem? Yeah. But I use scent and stems in this blessing, and I'm remembering is the first step of the sacred cups. Then the second one is I'm loving. And I look to my now, like this present moment. You know, if I were doing it now, I'd look at my phone and see exactly what time it was, right? Mm -hmm. So that second piece is really, um, is the sentence stems I'm loving. Mm -hmm. You just look around for what is in your current mm -hmm. that you're really, really loving. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is um, I'm looking forward to, and that's about the future. Mm -hmm. And you know how I love to play there. <laughs> yeah. I love to consciously create what's coming um, before it even exists. But that's when you talk about, you know, Andrew and I will just, we'll ask each other, what are you, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and again, with the indigenous cultures, 
uh, they always are thinking seven generations beyond themselves. So I always, at that part, give a little bit of love to Leela's children's children. Mm. And I imagine them, you know, these are people I won't probably meet. Um, but I think about them and I just send a little bit of love in that direction. Well, and I, you know, I've been very curious about that too. I've, I've read uh, a few books about how trauma, you know, the trauma that you yeah. feel isn't necessarily even in your life trauma and how, you know, past generations trauma is, is passed down. And I'm thinking yeah. also like in Israel and Palestine, all this stuff that's happening and like how this is going to affect generations to come mm -hmm. and how, you know, I've tried to be as intentional as I can be with my son yeah. to, for him to hopefully, you know, be some, some form of cycle breaking in the negative for generations to come because our behavior and everything that we do is modeling and Absolutely. it's, and it's in our DNA and it's in our nervous system. And, you know, I have a very anxious nervous system and I was born that way. My mother had that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm, that's why I do the work that I do because I'm constantly wanting to shed that. I do think yeah. that it is hard to, it's like, they're so hard in us that yeah. like certain yeah. certain aspects of our personality are you know you're not going to go from being like a laissez-faire yeah. laid-back person to a high least you know effective stressful person you know you 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 are somewhere and then you try to work with that but yeah I do think that's I think that's really important thinking about that because mm -hmm. I feel like our world is is very much in the now and our needs and what, what do we want right now, but not thinking far into the future. So that's a very yeah. beautiful thing that through the vehicle of coffee that you're setting that intention yeah. for people. Yeah, it, and, and each day when I do that, I, I live differently in that day. You know, if I miss it for a day, I can tell because when I'm thinking about Leela's children's children, it, it's... It, it makes me want to leave a legacy that will matter to them. Mm. So it, it just, it's a really powerful way to have us thinking along those lines. Like, what am I doing today that could impact, you know, her, her great-grandchildren? You know, or is there something good that I can do that I can leave? Because one day, we will be the ancestors. Right. You know, we will be gone, and they will have this world, and... And uh, so it is, it, it does help, Sarah. Oh, it helps so much in just keeping me intentional. Yeah, and we, you know, we live in a Western world. We're a very capitalist society and we're very focused on a lot of time our legacy means dollars. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've read um, Anderson Cooper's book on the Vanderbilts and I like reading about, I read about Meriwether Post and um, Marjorie Meriwether Post and, you know, I interviewed Sean Wheeler from Pure Hypnosis, who hypnotizes a lot of people whose um, families, you know, these people grew up very wealthy and they're yeah. kind of depleted people. And I think if there can be, I mean, the capitalistic world that we live in, that has value too. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, I've really thought so much for my son Pearson, like, do I want him to be successful do I want him to be able to afford to send his kids to the schools that they want to go to um you know go on nice vacations all that stuff yes but do I want him to go on vacation and fight with his spouse and not be a happy person and maybe drink too much like we have to kind of look at the whole picture of our lives and Absolutely. not be so yeah. focused in this one area because I think 
one of the things that, you know, when I met you when I was doing landmark education and I was in a really sad space, I was deciding whether I was going to get a divorce and I was a little frozen and I was like, I want to get deep and Larry Pearson flipped the script on me (laughs) and I, and I didn't. I didn't, um, gotta love Larry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he just called me out on my own part and, and I just will never forget that, but I was willing to receive it. I was not defensive. I was like, give it to me because I was desperate. And so I feel like, you know, you've always been such an intentional person and I've admired that so much about you. So I, I feel like, I feel like, um, sacred cups is, is just in a culmination of everything that you've done so far. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It so um, I just want to go back to a few things that I read about you that I didn't really realize that you also became a end of life doula. Mm-hmm. So what does that really mean? Yeah. Well, um, during this during this time, uh, remember I lost my mom, I lost my dad in a pretty concentrated time. I also lost a baby that um, you know I was really excited about, and and it, I just went through a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. And so um, I realized I needed to do a deep dive on this grief, you know, and 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 it led me in many different directions, and and one of them was becoming an end of life doula because I realized that that number one, you know. The last, the last rite of passage is 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 death, right? We all are gonna go, mm-hmm. all of us. No one gets out of here alive. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's something that we don't talk about, really. And um, so, I wanted to learn more about that. I, I didn't know how to give my parents a great death. You know, like I mean, we were all around them, and we were, you know loving them and that kind of thing but I just didn't know I didn't know you know what kind of music to play should you have sense in the room should you not like there are all of these questions that I wish I had should known. you have sense in the room yes yeah. yeah and there's some really beautiful essential oils that assist um the soul with that last with those last moments there's so much that can be done oh, wow. that is really beautiful um that's a gift that we can give the people that we love is is they're sending them home that mm. moment I was really curious about that and I wanted to know everything about how to do that Mm. Um, because, you know, I knew they weren't the only people that I love that are going to die in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then as I started working with people, I just, I I loved helping families and I loved helping um, people that were dying, you know, have a different experience so they could lead this life um, feeling really complete. And feeling like they 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 did what they came here to do, helping them tie up loose ends, um, mm-hmm. because the end of life doula is is different than hospice. I mean, hospice you know people are beautiful and they can they can give so much of of what I give as a doula, uh, but the doula's job is to help everyone have peace with what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so um, that work led me to working with indigenous people in in the mountains of Peru and the jungles of Colombia, uh, because indigenous people, what I what I learned was there were so many different ways to look at death than the way that we looked at it in the Western world as something you know clinical. You die in a hospital. It should be this way. And um, I mean, it's one of the most natural parts of our life. Like we're born and we die. Like those are the things that human beings of all walks of life. Well, we all want we all want some control over it. I mean, you know, my mother died in yeah. 2020 
And one of the things that, you know, I was getting a little teared up when you were talking about this, about, you know, how you die and saying goodbye, because my mother died in the hospital and I wasn't there. She, she had a heart attack and was going to the hospital and she lived in DC. And, you know, I thought about like, was she afraid, Mm -hmm. you know, just in that last moment or did she know it was happening? Um, but I'm not really afraid of death, which is weird. I, I have in my mind, like, um, I'd like to be here for Pearson to help him, you know, become independent and all of that. But then, but the other times I'm kind of like, okay, you know, like I, I could go. Like, I, it's not like I'm so attached to, to life. And I'm very much like, I don't want to be buried, you yeah. know. But the concept of tying up loose ends, I mean, this is something that I think about all the time. Like, Am I breaking cycles? Am I doing what this lifetime is calling me to do emotionally? And and how will I be remembered? And I screw up all the time. You know, I'm very controlling. I like things to be very precise. But am I am I being conscious of when I mess up? And can I can I, you know, make amends to the people around me when I do it? And and I feel like I'm a pretty conscious person on that journey. And I I, I was thinking about you know, you're like tying up loose ends or did they, you know, did they, did that person do what they were supposed to do on earth? But, you know, you read a lot of books about people, even I heard something on Instagram recently about um, Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. and, you know, how his perspective was very different on the deathbed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that, that kind of haunts me a little bit that, you know, you're already on your deathbed and then you think, I mean, obviously where would our life be without Steve Jobs? Like he did, (laughs) he did a good job here on earth, but maybe the things that felt profoundly important to him on those last moments he missed. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we see that, we see that a lot, you know, it's on the deathbed that people, that people are looking at, oh gosh, where I wish I would have spent more time or I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have done that differently. Uh, the good thing about you not 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 fearing death that means that you are living in a way that when I see people that 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 have that kind of feeling about you know I don't want to go because I'd like to be here I'm enjoying life but I mean if I went it'd be okay um, that's always a good indication because it means that you that you're living in the moment with intention and you're cleaning things up as you go. Mm. You know, when, when people really struggle at the end, it's, it's that they haven't looked at certain things or they're, they're, you know, they're not, um, repairing relationships or, or things that are, that are happening. It sounds like, I mean, I love to hear that when, when I feel the same. Yeah. Andrew and I have this joke. We're like, wow. Um, you know, we don't want to go, but man, have we lived life. Like, I'm so satisfied with the life I've lived up to this point. I'm just pinching myself going, we get more of this. Um, yeah, like you've had a cool life. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I think getting old, physically old, not, I mean, everybody wants to, like I said about my mother, like everybody wants to control the end. It's interesting how we yeah. all, you know, think yeah. about that, but we don't all get to control it either. That's right. But there are elements that we can that we can control. You know, you can you can um, how how the space is, who's there, music that that's played in the last moments. You know, if you are in a hospital situation, like what I've learned is is there are many ways to create a good death. But the most important way to create it is is what you mentioned earlier. And that is really living with intention 
and making sure that your relationships are good and making sure that repairs are made and that and that love is restored because those are the things that those are the things that have us be able to leave this life feeling really clean and clear and wow i came i lived a great life i left things better than before i was here mm, yeah yeah i i and i i think that You've always had that intention. You've always had that energy since I've known you. You have a really warm spirit to you, and everybody who's around you can can feel that. I have a little jelly around that because I'm not really like that. Um, I love the people around me, but I'm I'm not I'm not as free in that way. I don't know. I mean, I experience you as free in that way. Oh, I don't know. I it's just interesting. I mean, we're we're all so different. Like. For example, on the bio that you sent me, they're like these hearts. And when you write, there's a heart in when you write things. So that's, that is Amber in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, I really love your coffee. It's been an interesting journey watching you do this. And now after the interview and hearing about all the little lefts, rights, all the turns you've taken to get to this spot, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the website and the special code that you're doing for the audience? Sure, sure. Um, well, thank you for having me. This has been so fun, Sarah. It's always fun to be with you. And um, talking about something that's so near and dear to my heart, uh, the the website is sacredcups.com. And um, <laughs> her dog Sorry. is right here. So we're kind of like... You know, this is a podcast. So this is whatever. a podcast. Yeah. And he also um, just loves to be in the middle of everything, this <laughs> little cute guy. Um, sacredcupscoffee.com, sacredcups.com. And um, and the code that, that we will be offering uh, is Sarah30. So it's S-A-R-A-H-30. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed Purity Coffee, and, you know, Jim and I drink that, but we've layered in Sacred Cups, and I have to say, I really, really, really like it. Oh, so, you. you know, and um, do you have an Instagram page? Sacred Cups. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. So, and you were saying that you're kind of in a soft launch mode. That's right. So, very, very soft right now. There's a lot happening with Purity, so we're still, we're lot of focus there but um but sacred cups is up and running and coffee will be sent out and there will be a lot more coming this year okay well great thank you for coming thank you so much for having me honey appreciate it (laughs) bye So I'm super psyched about my sponsor for the podcast. She's a great friend of mine and also a previous guest. Her name is Lisa Stein. Her work is stunning. We all layer it and wear it all the time. It's great jewelry to wear day to night. I barely go a day without it, and I think you would too once you start collecting it. She's been so nice to give all of my listeners a discount go to lastein.com, you put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H 15, and you will get a discount. Just put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H 15. 